everybody's favorite topic, insurance. Maybe not. Maybe it's like accounting. I don't know. But it is a super, super important topic for us to handle on Travel Evolved. So we're going to jump into insurance from everything from your your personal medical and dental insurance, your health insurance, so to speak, all the way up to your liability insurance. I'm going to do the best I can to kind of talk all about insurance as a traveler on this week's edition Travel Evolved. This is Travel Evolved. I am Mark Holloway. Welcome to the episode, everybody. So glad to have you with me on this chilly Colorado day. It's really cold out there. Of course, you couldn't tell because I'm, I'm, I'm never cold. It's weird. I'm, I always run around. People in the office don't like me because I like it cold in the summer, like freezing cold, cold in the winter. I don't know. I mean, it's just, I think it's a guy thing. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's I, I tend to run a little hot, <laughs> so to speak. On a lot of things, a lot of topics that get me upset. This one's not so much. This is kind of one of those episodes I just feel like we should have. I want to qualify this one. I really wanted to get an insurance expert on this episode. And I tried repeatedly. And every time I tried, even started filming some and had to cut some people off because it became a, a promotion. It became a sales aspect. I mean, you guys know, I'll, I'll start off by saying this and I'll just let me qualify it. It's unfortunate in our industry that there's a lot of people that are, I've always said this, every aspect of being a healthcare traveler, people are trying to get a piece of the action. It is a sexy industry. There's a lot of, a lot of money involved. It's, it's, I mean, I've, always, I've never shied away from saying that. There's a ton of money involved in healthcare travel, and it became such a, in the forefront when, you know, we kind of flew below the radar until the pandemic, to be quite honest. I mean, not with everybody, but, it, but in the scope of big things, Outside of the, of your world as either a, a staff professional or a traveler, to be quite frank, we were kind of flying below the radar a little bit. And then it became very front and center with uh, people that were responding first during the pandemic. So there's a lot of people that want a piece of this pie. And here's another avenue. We're trying to get some guests on. It was kind of like, hey, I want all the travelers to come and get the insurance from me. And it was just like, oh, gosh. It started out numerous times when it wasn't like that. It just became kind of, I'm just going to say, it became kind of yucky. And I've seen them on um, different groups in Facebook that jumped on mine before, uh, tried to tried to do this, you know, be friends and get, you know, get their stuff involved. I mean, I don't blame them. I don't mean this to sound terrible, but unfortunately it is a, it's a very competitive industry. And, and I do understand why they would want you guys to all you know get all your insurance through them we'll talk a little bit about that here on today's episode but 
it's just I don't know it it was tough and I'll just say this last thing I couldn't do an episode even though I tried without it becoming a commercial for this particular insurance agent and I just kept going ah. so with that being said I'm gonna to try to struggle through this the best I can on my ability so the first thing I want to say is I am not qualified to sell insurance or even really talk about it but yet here we are right <laughs> here I go um, I'm gonna give you my best information that I know and there's a real good likelihood that some of the stuff I'm gonna say may not be 100% correct I'm gonna do my best I always do but I do want to get you guys thinking about insurance and I'm gonna tell you what I know and I hope it's all accurate but the idea should be is that I just want you thinking about some aspects of insurance in our industry it's it's an important one it's part of that being a traveler. And to be honest, I've actually put this episode off for a long time because of this issue I was having. This was, should have been in the 50s, and now we're in the episode, I think, 77 on this one, uh, just because I, I kept trying to get it done, and it just wasn't happening. So at any rate, um, we are in the middle of, of some really cold weather here in Colorado, and I think it's going to hit the rest of the country. So that's been kind of tough. And um, so I hope everyone's enjoying their holiday season hope everyone's staying warm we're doing our best here in colorado i'm gonna get the heck out of here soon because i said i wasn't gonna be here and that's the case so let's jump into it um first and foremost i do think this and i want to make sure i say this pretty clearly i strongly believe this episode the things i'm going to tell you guys i think your co-workers and counterparts as long as you validate and qualify what they're saying i think they're still going to be an amazingly good strong resource to you for insurance if they're getting whether it's personal medical and dental type insurance and they're taking that with them from assignment to assignment or they're actually talking to you about liability insurance malpractice that kind of fun stuff it's not so fun but i sure would listen to them i, I would get some facts i talked to multiple travelers that have some good experience with that and and become a sponge absolutely in this episode really really learn this stuff because i do think that there's some things that can save you a ton of money um we're going to talk about the history of insurance but I, I think as far as that also you know there's some things that can really save your hide if you're willing to you know do what insurance does and that is to pay money to protect you for the day or if there is a day so to speak um so I really think talking to your peers on this one, really somebody that really understands this, knows it, certainly talk to, talking to an insurance agent, understand that insurance agent, unlike your peer, has a motivating quality. It's a lot like a recruiter. I'm just going to throw it out there. One of you makes money off of the other one by purchasing the deal. And so if you buy insurance, that there's a motivation. So you can't take that out of the equation. And, then, and it's very similar, by the way, to what I always talk, talk about with recruiting. I mean, it just, it's hard. It's such a fallacy in the industry that, oh, my career is my best friend. Do you think your insurance agent is your best friend? How many of you guys think that? It's, it's such a weird relationship, but yet people will defend how great of a, a friend their recruiter is. And then I've never seen someone go, oh, my insurance agent is my best friend. He's, he or she always has my best interest in mind. No, they're both making money off of you deciding to do your business through them. You can't escape that. So, again, this is nothing against insurance people, nothing against recruiters, but there is that inescapable relationship that one of you is being compensated by the other one working with them. You're getting insurance or you're getting a travel assignment regardless of what insurance agent or whatever recruiter you're working with. It doesn't matter to you. Typically, you should get the best deal for the biggest buck on insurance. You should get the best deal for the biggest buck for your assignment, assignment too. So, anyway. 
I, I, I got to get it in every episode. Sorry, guys. It just it's driving me crazy. You got I'm trying to pull people into 2023, which is coming soon, and the technology is there. I mean, it just makes so much sense in all shapes and forms. But it's just it's wild to me. Um, it's happening really fast. I will, I will say, there's a ton of people that get it. The more veteran a traveler is, the more veteran. I'm just throwing out the recruiter's model in case you wonder where I'm going with this. The more veteran the traveler is, the more savvy they are, the more knowledgeable they are, the more they're jumping on this stuff. And so um, we're growing like a weed. We are trying to make sure that customer service wise, it's so important that we don't take out the human element, is keeping up with the demand. And that's important. It's one thing to pick your assignment to be submitted, but once you go to work and accept assignment, there's a lot of work that has to be done, a lot of customer service, and a lot of you have to, you cannot get rid of that human element. So we are staying ahead of that curve, uh, certainly, to making sure. And that's what's great about it is the business is there before we have to spend your money, like all agencies do on recruiters. It's already there. So it it's, makes so much sense in so many ways. Okay, here's first and foremost on insurance. I think I've already said first and foremost, but I'm going to say it again. Insurance. You kind of get what you pay for. I mean, really and truly, most insurance plans, I don't care if we're talking about dental, we're talking about malpractice, we're talking about health insurance, we're talking about life insurance. You kind of get what you pay for. I mean, and not kind of. Unless you're completely um, you know, swayed by somebody who's, who's offering you a really expensive, low-coverage type plan in whatever area we're talking about here, which doesn't really happen in insurance because there's checks and balances. It's kind of what you pay for. I always say it's kind of like wine. I mean, you don't really get great wines at cheap prices, and you kind of, if you really are into wine, I used to always say wine and cigars, then then you're going to get what you pay for, the quality in which you're willing to pay. And insurance is not dissimilar to that. So that's the first thing I'll tell you. For those of you that have insurance from your, your company, which I think is a wonderful thing, and we'll talk about why it's wonderful, and we'll talk about some of the, the drawbacks too, Typically, there's two reasons why you're getting insurance at a lower price. The better of the two, and the real significant one is, and I've always said this, some of the big, big companies that I love to beat the snot out of on Travel Evolved, it's an amazingly strong reason to go to and stay to work for some of those big companies because they oftentimes have a bigger buying power with a larger group, which allows them to get insurance for a group cheaper. Insurance companies, you know, the more people that are that are on the plan, typically, the less it costs per person. So there is a really good benefit, and I, I again, it's it's hard to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, for working with some big companies. That's one of the very few. I know you're not making a lot of money, but if insurance is more important to you, and some of you it is, pre-existing conditions, that sort of thing, if insurance is more important to you than your actual paycheck, and I understand how that could be the case. Then, then some of these big companies that offer great plans and maybe aren't don't pay that well, it's a really good option for you. And for those of you in that boat, you should really think about it. For a lot of other people, it doesn't make sense. It's more about I can get a very similar plan either by myself or through just about any agency, and I can make a ton more money. And if you're normally healthy and you don't have pre-existing conditions and that sort of thing, then that probably makes more sense to you. That's number one. Number two that I was going to say is there a reason is it's because you kind of get what you pay for. Inexpensive insurance is oftentimes that catastrophic stuff that, you know, you know, if you break your leg skiing, you may end up having a big bill. Or if you, you know, have to take an ambulance ride because, you know, so God forbid something happens there. It's going to pay for what it covers, which means you may not have a total out of pocket weekly that's very high. But oftentimes those do kind of correlate and correspond with a plan that oftentimes uh, you know doesn't have that much coverage. And again, no judgment. You, people are free to choose the kind of plan that they want. If you want to take that risk and have a low weekly cost 
and get kind of catastrophic insurance, perfect. I mean, you may never need it, and you saved all that money because you never needed it. And for those people that like to be a little less risky and want to, you know, be willing to spend more money weekly in order to make sure in the unlikely event or even in the event that something happens, then that's those kinds of folks. And and both of you should sleep really good at night based upon the decisions that you make. But it's insurance is those two things. It's kind of what you pay for. And you know there are some some benefits to having a larger company get you slightly better coverage for slightly less cost, if that all makes sense. So what I'm getting at, kind of get what you pay for. So a lot of times bigger agencies oftentimes do also offer, um, and I think I've seen that in smaller companies, we do, um, a lot of different options for insurance. I'm talking about, I'm, I'm kind of jumping into medical in case we couldn't tell. I didn't really announce it, but I'm already halfway in there. So for medical insurance, I like companies that, that offer some tiering. In other words, yeah, maybe you want to spend more money because you are, you know, at an age where things are happening, or you know, maybe you're you're going to have a family or start a family. There are a lot of reasons why you would want a stronger insurance plan, and some companies, many companies, offer different options. Obviously, the more you are willing to contribute out of yourself, typically the company might match that and bring on what their plan is and how they do that. You're going to get better coverage. You're going to pay for it just like anything else. But I like the fact that you get gives you options. You know, travelers are not a cookie cutter mentality, as we said numerous times on Travel Evolved. So insurance, in my opinion, is nice when it does have some options for, for those. Now, I've heard that from most people that most companies, the, the average company out there does not have a lot of options. It's here's our plan. And that's what I think when you look at medical insurance and you're looking at your overall compensation, that should be one of the factors that has you decide which agency in which to take this assignment through. In other words, who's going to represent it? Who's going to get the money that 20 to, you know, well, let's not say 20. That's we're not, No one else is doing 20 and less. Um, the, the 30% or the high 20s, the low 30%, who's going to get that bill rate uh, that I'm going to offer my services to work through? I think that's really where it comes down to is, is you've got to kind of fold that into the mix as you're making your decision. You know, this company may pay a lot, but maybe their insurance is expensive. Or, you know, this company doesn't pay so much, but they've got different plans. It's just a factor in your decision-making process. I've said many times that I think money is the most important, but I don't think it's the only thing. I think it would be, you know, disingenuous and kind of, you know, not really honest if I said that was the only thing that's important. I think everybody's value that they're placing on the different parts of the assignment and the different parts that the company offers is going to differ from every single person that's watching this, which means that you all have your hierarchy of what's important. I've been told for many of you that money is important. So, I mean, it's it's one of the most important things right now. And so, you know, you've got your five companies or so, sorry about that, that are really hitting heavy on, on the money. And maybe one of them has is slightly paying higher, but we've got some different, I keep doing that, got some different wrinkles with those companies. And I think you can kind of figure out, you know, which one rises to the top. If they all have the same job you're looking for, it makes that decision on who to have represent you pretty simple. And if you can get the information fast enough about exactly what this pays, you can see it all in writing or on an app, then, uh, I just gotta keep doing it. Then uh, it makes sense. And then you can say real quickly who it is that you think you wanna have, have work for you based upon the value in which you put all those different variables. So, hope that all made sense. All right, let's talk about agency contributions. I do wanna cover this. Now, there are different laws in different states. Um, I, I can speak on California, New York, Colorado law, because I know what we have to do. But if I'm not mistaken, there are different contribution laws in different states based upon when your, your, your company is incorporated. 
I've heard, and this could be where I'm saying I'm not 100% sure, but I've heard that companies don't have to contribute at all. I've actually seen that. Whether they were supposed to or not, I don't know. But I've seen where companies have zero contribution to the insurance. If you want it, here you go. I don't, I don't mind that kind of a scenario, provided that if you don't take the insurance, your compensation is stronger. But I shouldn't say that. That doesn't make sense. When companies contribute, that's what, I, that's what I'm kind of getting at. There should be some sort of equal value to those of you that don't take that contribution, if, you're, if that makes sense. What I meant to say, and here's where I totally misspoke, is when a company doesn't have any contribution at all, if they're able to do that legally and where they're incorporated, I don't mind that because it really does make the level, the playing field a little bit level, if that makes sense. In other words, if one of you out there needs the insurance, you're going to pay for every little portion of that. As long as they're being up front and telling you this is a complete pass-through cost to you, great. It allows the people that aren't taking the insurance to not feel like they're not getting equal compensation. Because if you are, if you are, then, then that's absolutely not the case. For companies that do contribute, there should be some sort of contribution provided to people that don't take insurance. Whether that's calculated in on their cost through like a, I don't know, like an app. <laughs> I'm kind of having fun because I just, I just, the more I, the more I go into some of these episodes, the more ridiculous <laughs> this whole industry becomes to me. And it just makes everything, everything makes so much sense. But anyway, if a company's contributing and you don't take the insurance, you just walked away from a contribution that your fellow traveler working for that company is receiving. If they're, if they're paying 80 bucks a week or even $20 a week, to somebody that has insurance and they're giving them that money, why aren't you getting anything for your contribution? It should be. It should be calculated in. Or, you, like I said, a company that doesn't have any contribution makes a lot of sense to me because it's really fair as long as they can legally do it and say they're incorporated. And I don't know the rules in every fair state, so I didn't, and that's why I wanted an insurance agent on here. But my qualification at the very beginning of the of the episode, it just wasn't happening. And I don't even know if they if, a, if an insurance agent from XYZ state would know what's what you know the rules are in the rest of the country. Maybe they would. I couldn't even get that far with some of these folks. I was just like, I got really frustrated. So find out. Don't just take insurance. Say, hey, what is it you guys? Does it show it on your on your on your your agreement or your contract that you signed? Does it show how much the company's can contributing? Ask, find out how much they are. And that way, let's say you have it for a little while and you decide not to have it, then they really should I'd love to hear their answer as to if you're paying, you know, let's just say seventy two bucks a week if I don't take the insurance, shouldn't I get two dollars more a week? You know, taxable, so to speak, or, or even, you know, somehow add into my compensation fairly, because I'm not taking that that contribution that you're giving to everybody else that has the insurance. It's it's a legitimate and fair question, but something that travelers very rarely, very rarely kind of think about. But it's important because these are just those little wrinkles that I hope I'm showing you and kind of exposing that just nobody really wants to openly say or talk about because it's there. Travel healthcare should be completely fair across the board. And what you guys are learning and what I'm trying to teach you is that even within a company, there are things that are just complete you-know-what that just aren't fair. And it, the industry itself can't get out of its own way. It's difficult. I understand accounting's a problem. Payroll's a problem with all these little wrinkles. But, you know, again, with things like apps and technology, it ought to be really easy to be able to calculate everybody's pay based upon the the, the the options in which they choose when they take an assignment. And there's no other way to put it. If you're choosing less options that the company's providing, I don't care if it's credentialing processes, travel reimbursement, you know, higher housing, if you, if you get that sort of thing, um, you know, 
sign-on bonuses, loyalty bonuses, extension offers, and or insurance, then you should get more if you're not taking if you're taking less up front or on an hourly basis. If that all makes sense. And insurance is one of those areas where I think there's a lot of companies that just kind of stick their heads and say, not a lot of travelers take insurance, by the way. It is it is definitely less than half. And I think great insurance plans, insurance some company, uh, travel agencies will have a close to a 50% participation rate. But a lot of you, as we'll talk about here, don't take insurance, which means what is your benefit for saying, no thanks, I don't need you to contribute, I don't need to be on an insurance plan, I'm going to waiver that. It shouldn't be any different than you taking $100 as opposed to $1,000 to get from to one assignment if you're taking ones close by. There should be a compensatory equalizer to all the options you do and don't take. So what I'm kind of getting at is that your insurance really kind of should be, and you should be looking at your insurance as part of your pay package. Okay. Like I said, are you paying for insurance of the others that don't take it. That's really kind of the concept I'm getting at is that for some companies and you know again, not just small companies, even big companies, it's oddly designed that sometimes you're paying for other people's insurance because you're part of the census, you're part of the group, and if you're not getting a benefit for not taking it, one way shape or form, something's kind of up. Now, it's the way the industry is. There's so many things we talk about on Travel Evolved that this is just the way it is and when travelers accept it, then it becomes the norm. And a lot of you guys are accepting. This is why I say that you guys really, truly can change the industry by demanding some things and then jumping on companies that do what you ask and leaving the other ones in the lurch because they're going to either have to do, they're going to have to catch up or they're going to be left in the lurch, which is, again, why this is the kind of area where I do believe that travelers will have the ability to make some changes. I think it's going to happen naturally anyway because pay rates and those sorts of things, people just migrate. But some of these hidden things that people don't really think about, there's some very clever men and women that run companies that are counting on you not thinking about this sort of thing. And when you, I mean, again, right now I know there's a whole bunch of you went, oh my gosh, I've never once asked if there's any kind of a, of a if there's a contribution, why, if I'm not taking that insurance, why don't I get a higher compensation? Or why don't I get any kind of benefit? And all of a sudden the light's going off going, hmm, it should be. Okay, so at any rate, I want to make sure I'm saying this right, but how do I put this? I may, I may skip what I was about to talk about, but um, I consulted with, it, with an agency. I'll, I guess I'm going to say it. I consulted with an agency a couple of years back that there was no contribution, and I actually figured out, because I was an employee as well, as a, as a consultant, so to speak, that I was actually getting dinged more for my contribution a week than the actual insurance cost. In other words, they were making money off of me having insurance. They were paying less for what my, my personal plan was than what the insurance actually cost. Infuriated me. Um, but you don't really, I didn't really know. I couldn't really tell until I actually saw how much the insurance was costing and then realized what my weekly contribution was. Now, it could have been, could have been an error, could have been an honest mistake. Um, this particular agency was not super well ran and it was, you know, there was a lot of honest mistakes out of pure ignorance and, and just not really understanding the financial aspects of some things. I, I'm going to say that was an honest mistake. Um, 
I would never think that someone would literally be charging somebody more money for their insurance than what the actual insurance cost, but that's actually what it was. And so I'm going to take the high road and assume that that didn't happen, but little things like that can happen. So these are why you should ask these questions. And I, I, I almost didn't want to say this because, I, again, I, have, I don't have any kind of extra grind or harboring any ill feelings, but it this stuff does happen all day long in our industry because it's such a it's such a a unique industry that most people that got into this didn't don't know much about insurance. They don't know much about tax laws. They don't know much about you know these different nuances in the industry. Next, you know they're running a company and, like, and you don't and they're they're flying blind. They don't they're not big enough to get you know help to find out. So it's it's a little bit in, incestuous in our in our industry that there's this sort of thing that happens, but. Um, I'm, listen, I'm not telling you guys that your company is making money off of your insurance, but I just think you should know how much the insurance costs weekly. They should send you something when you enroll, said here's the cost and here's your contribution and it should make sense. And it only should be a portion of what you're deciding on whether or not to take that job to that agency. That's all I'm trying to get at. hope that all made sense. I don't know. All right, there's some variables on insurance, medical, dental, all that kind of stuff. First of all, you know, is it is it day one? Some agencies offer the minute if you start on the 17th of a month, you're going to have insurance on the 17th of the month. Some of them make you wait. I think less and less do now to the following first of each month. So you, you know you have to find out what is what is that that wrinkle. What are those variables that that company has? You know, is it is it uh, how much is the contribution I already mentioned? How, do they have multiple plans? Are there different options in that route? Um, what happens in between? If you are if you have vacation, are you covered? Do you have to do a double contribution for weeks you're gone? How long in between assignments will they cover you for? All of these things are all become, I guess, how you would score a company on that insurance plan. And again, it's, no, it's not the company's fault. They typically only have one plan, so here's what it is. And you have to weigh that against boy, I keep hitting that, weigh that against the other options that that company does or doesn't have. And this is where I love the fact that you guys should be knowledgeable enough. That's why we do episodes like this to be able to put value on, in this case, insurance, and decide how important that is. For some of you, this is really important. For some of you guys, it's not important at all, and that's so individualized. And this is why the recruiting aspect of our industry is so antiquated, and it doesn't make sense because there's no way a recruiter can not help but lump you guys into you know a bigger group most people want the insurance so they're gonna assume everybody does and you may not care about insurance you may, it may not be a big deal to you you may never take it so that's that human element of the of the recruiting cycle and sales aspect it just it just is it's time for it to be to be done you guys know every nuance of what you're looking for in a package of your assignment and what that importance level is so you can make the right decisions and that's all this is kind of saying that's all that's what we're really talking about Cobra's important too Another factor, does your company offer COBRA? Some do, some don't. Again, I think it has a lot to do with the different laws in which they have to, with the plans in which they're enrolled in. Um, I, I know that COBRA used to be, has changed a lot. It used to be that companies had to pay a lot of money up front and, and then got reimbursed if you chose not to take the COBRA. And the laws have changed. It was really hurting companies that way. So the, the COBRA's gotten a little weird. We leave it up to our insurance expert uh, on those sorts of things. But find out. Ask these questions from your company to see what's, what's going on. I want to talk about kind of carrying your own insurance because that's what that was one of the reasons I wanted the guest on. I personally believe because of my my philosophy on Travel Evolved, you guys know I don't think you should be loyal to a company unless that company has the jobs in which you want to go in and they, and they have the most jobs in that location. Let's say, well, I don't even know. I, mean, I want to use an example, but that company is heavy 
in a certain area of the country that you want to go in and they have all the jobs there, I'd be loyal to that company. I mean, I, I get it. The top paying companies, I would be loyal to them. I would be loyal to companies that have phenomenal insurance if that's important to you. But I do think this. I think that having your own insurance makes you less dependent. It, it takes care of those gaps. It takes care of you having to enroll each time and going from like you know one type of carrier to another type of carrier depending on that company who they work with. There's a lot of having your own insurance that makes sense to me if I was to, to be consulting with you individually and saying, here's what I would do. It takes away the competition of the insurance. It actually removes that whole equation out, which oftentimes makes the, de the decision on which company you want to go through a lot easier to be able to see clearly, if that makes sense. There's a number of reasons that if you can get your own insurance, I personally think if I'm a traveler, that's probably what I would do because then I can go with whatever company has the best deal, has the job I want, it just removes that part of the equation. Now, some things I don't like about having it. First and foremost, if you have a pre-existing condition, it's going to be tougher for you to get that insurance. It just is. Getting your own personal insurance, if you've got something that is not under a business insurance plan, which doesn't you know, typically uh, have any bearing on pre-existing conditions, which is wonderful, that could be a factor. It means you can't do that, or you're going to have a lot of difficulty finding that. I understand that, and that kind of puts you right back into having to compare insurance as part of your pay package. Okay, no big deal. The other one is that when you buy your own insurance, you kind of have to pay for it up front, as opposed to having it just kind of seamlessly and quietly and hiddenly, if that's even a word, it's not, come out of your check every week. There, it is nice getting a pre-taxable deduction and then having being taxed on the remainder. When you pay for your own insurance, last time I look, you don't have that option. You just have taxes on your on your payroll, and then you're writing a separate check. Now, you may be able to deduct that, that at the end of the year if you've got a good CPA that you guys are using, uh, which makes sense. But just the fact that you actually oftentimes, like us companies, have to write your insurance out first is tough. It's a big check every month or every quarter, depending on how you pay. Um, you guys may not know this, but you know, I mean, we get billed almost a month and a half in advance, which obviously last time I looked on travel assignments, there's no guarantee that someone's going to be working for us oftentimes a month and a half down the road. Their assignment may be over in four weeks and they're looking to extend or who knows what. But it is... It is not a guarantee, but yet you know, so they're starting to bill us. So there's always this nightmare of an accounting reconciliation that has to be done every single time. Well, this person is no longer with us, but you hired these five people, so they are, so we got to make an adjustment. When you have to write your own check up front, what I'm getting at is it, it, it sometimes can hurt, um, especially if you're older and you've got a bigger, you know, and you've, you've gone for a better plan, which means your check is bigger. I get it. That's that's To me, that's another subtle uh, negative for having to have your own insurance. But other than that, I personally really like the concept of carrying your own medical, your own dental. It just makes you more independent of all of us. And I, I think that's a good thing. I think that when you can take away some of the variables that are making it confusing for you to decide which company to take an assignment through, if you can get rid of insurance as an entire thing and you have your own and it's now just about money and about pay and about you know, the way they pay 36 to 40 and how their overtime is properly paid, what's their guarantee hours, where are the assignments, what's, you know, everything. It makes it a lot easier for you to be able to really see the clear winner in, you know, who you're going to run, run, you know, who you're going to go through. And that's really all it comes down to. That's the same job whether you work with company ABC or company XYZ. It just depends upon how you're being compensated. So this helps, in my opinion, take that out of the equation. So I want to talk about dental insurance real quick, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on dental insurance. Here's what I'm going to say. I think it's a great thing to have. Um, I, 
teeth health to me is incredibly important. And I honestly will tell you that I think dental insurance is quite affordable. I mean, it really is. Now, gone are the days, like I've always said, where you could go in and get in and out of there with the cleaning or, you know, whatever you need without any out-of-pocket. I mean, that used to be most of my life, and I'm pretty old. Even great insurance like I have right now, I still have a bill. No matter what I do, I still have a bill. I don't care if I have fluoride treatment or whatever. But dental insurance is kind of, to me, seems like a no-brainer. It is really affordable. It is, of course, it is pre-tax like, like health insurance is, which means typically for you or for you know your spouse or for your kids or for your whole family, it's still pretty affordable to have. And I think it's one of the most important health <sighs> maintenances that we should be doing as, as, as people. And I, I it, it, it controls a lot more than just your oral health. It can, it's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that goes on with your with your how 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 good your your teeth are for a lot of other things as most of you guys already know. So that's all I really want to say. I think dental insurance is a no brainer. I think companies have to offer it. I think if you if they don't, it's another reason why you would go out and get your own insurance. I just think having it, it's one of the more affordable insurances. It's kind of like life insurance for the most part. If you're healthy, it's pretty damn affordable for that peace of mind. And and most people do use the dental insurance. So I don't want to get too lengthy on that. I just like it. I like dental insurance. I think it's good. So pick a carrier or pick a company that has some good insurance and play it around and, and use it every chance you get. All right, I want to jump into the big topic of, of today's discussion. Not the big one, but the one that, that where I, I really do struggle a little bit, and that is liability insurance, malpractice, all that fun stuff. Most of us, you guys know that us companies have to pay the minimum in the industry standard is one million and three so one million per occurrence and $3 million aggregate for professional and general liability insurance. We also obviously carry workman's compensation for every state in which you guys work in. Kind of a separate issue, not really one we're going to cover today. We will talk about that and off and on in a couple episodes. I saw some things that I'm like, that's going to be a good workman's comp type area. But I'm talking about liability insurance. Now, the contracts we sign, I, again, I haven't signed one. That's like the minimum, one in three. Uh, and it's not cheap for us to have, but now what I've noticed is that a lot of a lot of these vendors and a lot of these hospitals are requiring more and more of us. So two and four million is policy that a lot of us carry now. There are some riders that add to that for certain hospitals. They all have to be named as additionally insured on the certificate of insurance. Some of everything from thievery to in, in, you know intelligence and and um, you know. There's almost an infinite number of things that some agencies require. And I've turned away. I've walked away from a number of contracts because it was so expensive for us to get the particular language that, that and to carry the policies that one hospital wanted. I said, you know, it just doesn't make sense because we don't have anybody that, that we're for sure going to book there. If they were going exclusive with us or we felt there was just a handful of companies, fine. But they're throwing so many ridiculous requirements out that it just doesn't make sense to go out and spend $10,000 a year in, in hopes that you get four or five travelers there throughout the year probably would but to me it's almost like you know come on it's it just there's too many other i've got hospitals in the same exact city that we're booking so it's like well if you need that then i'll i'll divert my business elsewhere to another facility that's not asking us agencies to carry that much of a of insurance on there because i don't need to and for a lot of people it's more about you know the money and of course the more we're spending on our operating costs Less all of us agencies, you know, or the, the higher our, our our margins need to be in order to cover and compensate for those expenses. It's just the fact. So, when a hospital is doing that to us, and we're going okay, and we're paying it, it's coming out of what we're able to offer a traveler in the in the in, in the long run. I mean, again, nothing in our industry is free. So that's the kind of thing that kind of drives me nuts. 
they're asking for travels, but they're asking to spend so much money that it comes back to you guys like everything always does. And I think it's, it's nuts. So let's talk about whether you need to carry your own. My answer to this question is, it's your decision, obviously. I did a lot of research on this for the last few months, and I did an episode of this you know, a couple of years ago on a different podcast I did. And it's really remarkable that about 50% of you don't, and 50% of you do. Which means there really isn't a right or wrong answer. It really depends upon what you're comfortable with. Now, here's why I will absolutely urge you, beg and implore you, to talk to an insurance agent, but understand you're talking to a salesperson who wants you to buy insurance. That being said, you really need to find out what the risks are for not carrying your own, what the benefits are for carrying your own. So the American Nursing Association, for those of you that are RNs out there, they do recommend it. You know, that, that's that's a third-party recommendation. I don't know, maybe they're being asked to recommend it. You know, there's nothing seems to be on the up and up anymore. But they are recommending it, so I should let you guys know that. It does allow you to, um, now if companies sued, like let's say you're working for a company XYZ and they're sued, you're covered under that professional and general liability. Uh, where it gets kind of complicated, and this is where I, it's hard to do on a podcast, but when you're named directly in the suit, especially when your state license, if you have a state license or your certificate is in jeopardy, that is oftentimes where you're not covered. Um, if the, in other words, if the file, if the complaint is filed directly at you and bypasses the company, which can happen. Now, two schools of thought. I've actually had a traveler tell me, a pretty intelligent traveler, that they don't carry the insurance because if a hospital finds out that they have the insurance, they're more likely to sue them because they know that they're not really suing the traveler, they're suing the agency, which means they're going to get their money. Just, that's a really weird wrinkle. None of this stuff is easy. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. I understand that philosophy, but still seems like, okay, does it matter if they're going to sue my So I, there's so much to this stuff, and this is why I really urge you guys. I just want to throw some things out there, especially when it comes to this liability stuff, and if you guys kind of make your own decision. And we'll say this. What I did see on, for the most part, I'm sure this, this has a lot of uh, ebbs and flows based upon the type of scope of work in which you do, but it looked like it was relatively affordable for the average person. Again, I'm sure... I don't want to use examples. I'm sure if you're in, somehow in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a procedure, whether you're a cath lab, tech, or RN, or you're in the operating room, or you're in labor and delivery, it may have be more expensive than uh, somebody who's you know, working in a long-term care center, for example. I don't know. It would make sense that it would, so I'm sure there's nuances, but for the most part, what I saw was, to me, it kind of seems like it's, it's relatively affordable for what the benefit could be, not would be if you don't need it. It's like one of those peace of mind things. It just seems to me like, you know, again, not I'm not giving advice. I'm just giving opinion here. What I researched, it seemed like it was pretty affordable. So I would affordable. I would ask somebody and find out, you know, what would this cost me? What are the benefits? And then you can make a really good educated decision. Um, I did find out that most of the complaints that went directly to a traveler were filed from the actual facility, not from not from you know patients or, or families of patients, certainly not from agencies. It was filed from the facility. Um, so, you know, who knows? The, the point being I'm making is that you really should talk to somebody. This is one of those episodes where I just wanted to kind of throw some things out. I want to talk a lot about, like, again, medical, dental, uh, insurance, life insurance we didn't really mention, but a lot of companies do offer that. I think it's a great benefit if they offer it, especially if it's not too expensive. Sometimes it's really visions, another area that we didn't really go over today. But a lot of these things all come into play. 
Again, my thought is, for me personally, if I was a traveler and I wanted to keep my options open based upon going from one company to the other, based upon who had the best deal, the best location, at the moment I needed it, feeling less tied down, I would probably take get my own insurance. I would find somebody that had the insurance I'm looking for, make sure it was a great fit for me and anybody else that I'd be covering under my plan. I would definitely talk to that person about you know liability type insurance to see if that made sense to me. And I would jump on it and that's what I would do and I would forget about it and have that bill come out automatically and move on and, and then start looking for assignments. But that's just the way I think. There's reasons, and you guys can put them down below <laughs> if you're on YouTube especially, uh, that you may think differently. And I'd love to hear those opinions too. So, All right, lastly, I want to say I, am, I, I would love to see all of you guys join Travel Evolve, the Facebook group. I, I really want that. We've been going live. Matter of fact, I think we're even going to be doing live throughout the, the holiday season. For me, it's a, I think it's a great opportunity to... I think really have a, a web, uh, I'm sorry, a Facebook group that is it is not just about posting jobs. It's not just about complaining about facilities and agencies. There has to be some conversation about the things like we're talking about tonight. Here's a perfect example of a topic that I would love to have travelers talk to other travelers about. So go on to Travel Evolve, join that page, and start throwing out some insurance questions and see, you know, we've got almost 3,000 people on that group to see who is going to respond and give you some good advice. And I hope that if you guys see something on there, someone asking a question, It'll help move that person through the learning curve by offering some good sound advice. And even if it's just your opinion too, let the traveler know what they want. I really want to get that page to be a great resource for you guys. I want to step out of the way and let you guys run that thing saying so you can ask all the toughest questions, which I will allow you to ask. You can have legitimate things. It does not have to be about Travel Evolved or Next Gen Med Staff. It can simply be about questions you guys want. I hope other travelers will step in. It should be, I think, eventually just a great landing page and resource area for you to throw some questions out and get your questions answered or for many of you to help some people um, with some things that you've learned the tough way that might be great it takes this whole podcast everything to a whole new level when we can step back and let you guys just have at it and really help each other so please join it please tell people about it tell people about this youtube channel tell people about our podcast i really appreciate it guys hope everyone has a great holiday season and i will catch you next time on travel evolved